MSW Media. Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, September 8th, 2022. Today, material on a foreign nation's nuclear capabilities was among the documents seized at Mar-a-Lago August 8th. Steve Bannon will turn himself in this morning at 9 a.m. in New York to face a fresh indictment brought by the Manhattan District Attorney. And judges hear arguments in both the Mark Meadows case against the January 6th committee and Stuart Rhodes's motions to delay his trial and replace his lawyers. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hi, Dana. Hello. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you, A.G. Man, there is... Yesterday, things were a little slim. Not really slim, but we knew that the news was going to keep breaking. And boy, did it when we wrapped up our episode. Holy shit, right? That uh, nuclear doc stuff. uh, Again, we, we, we heard a little bit about it. Potential. There potentially being nuclear docs. Now that we know that there are. Just nauseous all over again. Oh, yeah. Absolutely sickening. My favorite part was his lawyer, what, a day earlier was like, it's not like there's nuclear documents in there. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he wants to put this, you know, he he really wants the whole world to see in his presidential library what our either allies or enemies nuclear readiness is. I mean, it's, you know, it's I mean, who would, of course, normal. I, I don't know where you would file that in a library. Um, treason? Is there a treason section? Is there a treason section? Yes, there will be a treason section <laughs> in the Trump ex-presidential library, in the, the FAPOTUS library. The FAPOTUS. <laughs> That's just what it's going to say on the front of the building. FAPOTUS. Come on in. All right. Uh, a little bit later, I'm going to be talking with the director of Renew US. They're recruiting and training uh, BIPOC progressives to to run campaigns around the country. Absolutely amazing organization. We're going to talk with the director of that organization a little bit later. And of course, we'll have the good news. But uh, man, literally, we have like, I mean, hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Yeah. Hot as in, you know, nuclear. Yeah. All right. A document describing a foreign government's military defenses, including its nuclear capabilities, was found by FBI agents who searched the former guy's Fapotis's Mar-a-Lago residence in private club last month. And that's according to people familiar with the matter underscoring concerns among U.S. intelligence officials about classified materials stashed in Florida. Some of the seized documents detail top-secret U.S. operations so closely guarded that many senior national security officials are kept in the dark about them. Only the president, some members of his cabinet, or a near-cabinet-level official could authorize other government officials to know details of these special access programs, SAP, And that's according to people familiar with the search who spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe sensitive details of an ongoing investigation. We don't know if this came from DOJ or people who maybe tipped off the DOJ or maybe people who testified to the grand jury about it. There is no indication that this leak is coming from the Department of Justice. So ignore the idiots about that. 
Documents about such highly classified operations require special clearances on a need-to-know basis, not just top-secret clearance. Some special access programs can have as few as a couple of dozen governmental personnel authorized to even know of its existence. Records that deal with such programs are kept under lock and key, literally, almost always in a secure compartmented information facility with a designated control officer to keep careful tabs on its location. But such documents were stored at Mar-a-Lago with uncertain security more than 18 months after Trump left the White House. After months of trying, according to the government filings, as we know, the FBI has recovered more than 300 classified documents from Mar-a-Lago this year, 184 from a set of 15 boxes sent to the National Archives in January, 38 more handed over by a Trump lawyer to investigators in June pursuant to a subpoena, and more than 100 additional documents unearthed in a court-approved search on August 8th. It was this last batch of government secrets, says the people familiar with the matter, that the information about a foreign government's nuclear defense readiness was found, the August 8th batch. These people did not identify the foreign government in question. There are only eight nuclear powers in the world. They also didn't say where at Mar-a-Lago the document was found or offer any additional details about one of the Justice Department's most sensitive national security investigations ever. Trump Judge Eileen Cannon has enjoined or blocked DOJ from using this last batch of documents in any criminal investigation pending the appointment of a special master, though the Office of Director of National Intelligence has the classified documents, and it's unclear whether they'll direct a probe or if they even can. We're looking for clarification from this stupid judge. The Department of Justice has yet to respond to her clusterfuck ruling, but this just in, Dana. Breaking news. An application to unseal more of the search warrant affidavit You know, this is an application from the Department of Justice to Beryl Howell, who's overseeing the grand jury in D.C., and they have applied to unseal more of the search warrant affidavit before Judge Reinhardt in that case. I didn't know that that was still a thing. So interesting. And, you know, this has to do with you remember how they went through and you turn over the warrant, everyone show the warrant. And the DOJ is like, okay, And then they unsealed the warrant. And then uh, DOJ was like, we shouldn't probably unseal the affidavit behind the warrant. But if you do, here's our redactions. And Judge Reinhardt said, yeah, those redactions are good. Unseal it. And they dropped it. Well, now they're going back for a a second, a second round. They want to unseal more. And they're going to, they're going to redact some redactions. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're going to, yeah, unredact them. Yeah. They're going to lift some, some more black bars off of that search warrant affidavit. I think it might have something to do with the subpoena that was uh, issued in May where they went down and collected 38 documents in June because that's part of the obstruction of justice case. And, you know, we'll cover we'll cover the DOJ response to Eileen Cannon when it drops, but we'll also cover this newly uh, unsealed affidavit information provided. Beryl Howell approves their application to unseal more information. Sounds good. And there's a lot of these stories that have to do with the judiciary lately. A federal judge expressed irritation with House leaders Wednesday for pressing him to decide an unprecedented question of executive privilege in the connection with the investigation of the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Now, during a hearing on a lawsuit, former President Donald Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, filed seeking to block a subpoena from the House January 6th Select Committee. U.S. District Judge Carl Nichols called it a frustrating thing for me, to be honest, to be asked to rule on the weighty issue when the House had simpler arguments to fend off Meadows' litigation. Now, Nichols said the House had, in similar situations, often asserted that the Constitution's speech or debate clause bars offensive litigation by targets of subpoenas in congressional investigations. And in fact, the House's top lawyer, Doug Letter, said Wednesday that such an argument would have been ironclad 
but the House elected not to raise the issue at all in response to Meadows' lawsuit. And this is what Nichols noted. And he said, here we are in the exact same procedural posture as cases in which the privilege has been asserted down the hall, so to speak. Nichols, who is a Trump appointee, is set to rule on one of the most significant legal battles the select committee has fought. Meadows sued last year to block the committee from forcing him to testify about his intimate knowledge of Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election, as well as the former guy's intentions on January 6th, when he pressed allies, including then-Vice President Mike Pence, to help block the certification of Joe Biden's Electoral College victory. So the select committee has unfurled large swaths of evidence in recent months, underscoring the crucial information that only Meadows can provide. And what this does is it shows that he was present for some of the most explosive episodes in Trump's bid to seize a second term. He did not win. Letter described Meadows as one of the dwindling group of high-level Trump White House officials who have yet to fully cooperate. Cabinet secretaries and even Trump's White House counsel had testified. That's what he noted. But they don't possess the detailed knowledge of the final, fateful weeks of the Trump presidency that Meadows can specifically describe. Now, the unusual and complicated case has also drawn the direct involvement of the Justice Department, which responded to an offer from Nichols to weigh in on the matter. In court papers over the summer, DOJ articulated in a new position that, quote, qualified immunity applies to former aides to former presidents, contending that there are some circumstances in which Congress could compel their testimony and that the committee's bid for Meadows' testimony was an example of such an instance. Now, Elizabeth Shapiro, who's a top attorney in that division, attended Wednesday's hearing and assured Nichols that the view that Meadows must appear and testify is the official position of the Justice Department's leadership. Oh, and that's the buried lead right there. That is the official Justice Department position that Meadows must appear and testify before the January 6th Select Committee. So Nichols, you know, I know he's kind of sad that he has to make this call. And I am curious as to why Doug Letter didn't argue speech or debate. Because, uh, you know, he said it would be an ironclad win for the for the committee. So, you know, but here we are. So this is where we're at. And, and we'll see how this ruling comes down. It's good to know that the, the Justice Department has said our official position is Meadows has to testify. And maybe Nichols can just lean on that. We'll see. Oathkeeper Stuart Rhodes has filed a couple of 11th hour motions to swap out his lawyer and to delay his trial for 90 days. It's currently set to begin with a bunch of other Oath Keepers in 19 days, September 27th. Judge Amit Mehta held a hearing today and was more furious than I've ever heard him, Dana. He's usually a super even keeled dude. He was fucking pissed (laughs) today. He dug into Rhodes for bringing up his concerns about his counsel just three weeks ahead of the trial when he's never once in the last whatever how many years mentioned there was an issue until just now. Rhodes also included his intent to file several other motions. Like, here's my motion to delay. Here's my motion to replace my lawyer. And here's a bunch of other motions I'm probably going to file in the next three weeks. And some of these motions include, but aren't limited to, a motion to sever from the other Oath Keepers which is fucking hilarious because he's breaking his oath to the other (laughs) Oath Keepers. (laughs) But I digress. No man left behind except you guys. He filed a motion to suppress a recorded meeting, probably the the parking garage one. He filed a motion to get the transcripts, the 1-6 committee transcripts from the DOJ prosecutors. And they're like, you can't fucking ask us for shit we don't have, bro. We don't have them. And, and Judge Meta's like, well, can you just send me a certification that you at least asked for them and they told you no or something so, so that we know that you don't have them? And they're like, yeah, sure. And 
not just any January 6th committee transcripts. He wanted Cassidy Hutchinson's transcripts and, of course, Ray Epps, who the, the right has glommed onto as some sort of FBI insider, deep state motherfucker. But he really just owns a ranch in Arizona where he sells his space for weddings. Oh, my God. That's such I know that makes me laugh. Ugh. Now, Meta says Cassidy Hutchinson. I don't know what she's doing in these proceedings. She has no relevance in these proceedings. She has no role in this case whatsoever. And then he was equally as baffled and pissed about the invocation of Ray Epps. He was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm paraphrasing. And, and Meta basically said, there's no way you can get a new lawyer now. You're too late. It's three weeks before the trial. You haven't brought up your total lack of communication with your counsel in the past 18 months. And you're not fucking doing it now. It's in three weeks. I'm not delaying the trial either. So you can have more time to put a new lawyer in. The new lawyer is welcome to join the old one. If you want, there's room at the table for you, new lawyer, but you're not replacing your old lawyer who's who's been doing a lot for you. And again, you didn't have a single complaint about him till today. And you're not going to delay the trial another year, which is how long it would take because the court's so backed up while you have co-defendants sitting in jail waiting for the same trial. Fuck you. You know, no. I mean, probably you're all going to get way more time than you've been sitting in jail for. But still, that's not cool to the rest of your oath keepers that you swore an oath to. <laughs> dick. Meta denied both motions. The trial is still set to begin September 27th. We'll be covering it here. And now, Dana, I'm bringing back a segment from the Mueller She Wrote podcast, and I'm bringing it over to the Daily Beans. It's time for the Fantasy Indictment League. And everybody, if you had Bannon drafted on your fantasy indictment team, give yourself a point. Dana has the story. Here it goes. Top former Trump strategist Steve Bannon is expected to what? Be indicted on Thursday on state fraud charges connected to his role in a fundraising scheme to build a border wall. That's according to two sources familiar with the matter years after he received a presidential pardon in the federal case. The expected move by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office was quietly communicated to Bannon in recent days quietly because they didn't want to get too close to him. And we know why. The sources said of the sealed <laughs> indictment and indicated the state charges will likely mirror the federal charges in which he was pardoned. And we all know that pardons don't cover state charges. That's the problem here. Now, Bannon and three others were charged in that case by federal prosecutors in Manhattan with falsely claiming that they would not take compensation in the private, quote, we build the wall fundraising effort to underwrite part of the construction of the wall on the U.S.-Mexico border. Now, the architect of Trump's 2016 election campaign and later White House advisor was accused of personally taking what? More than a million dollars, of which he said he wouldn't take any, from what people had donated to the fundraising push that promised to secure funding in order to ensure the completion of the border wall, which never fucking happened. Now, Bannon, alongside disabled veteran Brian Colfitch, Andrew Botolato, and Timothy Shea, raised more than $25 million in the online crowdfunding effort, which also promised donors that all the proceeds would go towards what? Constructing the fucking wall. Now, though Bannon pleaded not guilty to the federal charges in August of 2020, Two others, Colfidge and Baldelato, pleaded guilty to siphoning off money from the scheme and defrauding others for their own gain. Now, Bannon received a last-minute pardon in the final days of the Trump administration that expunged the federal indictment, but presidential pardons, as I said, do not apply to state-level charges, everyone. Tell them what he's won. <laughs> the Manhattan District Attorney's Office started examining whether to pursue a case against Bannon almost immediately 
After he received the pardon, one source with the knowledge of the matter said and several close Bannon allies were subpoenaed to testify before a grand jury in recent months. Now, the expected indictment by the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who I guess is doing his fucking job now, early reported by the Washington Post, that comes weeks after Bannon was convicted on two counts of criminal contempt of Congress for defying a subpoena from the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol attack. Which he filed motions to dismiss and lost. <laughs> he did indeed. So, oh, I'm so sorry, Steve. It looks like you're still going to prison. How many shirts will he wear to the arraignment today? We'll find out. By the way, I, w- I want to thank Hugo Lowell for that story and The Guardian. Seriously, they, they rely on donations. Hop over to The Guardian. Support them financially if you're able. Throw them a couple bucks. Their reporting is so extremely important right now, especially since CNN is fascifying over to the right. So these independent journalists and these independent publications like The Guardian really need our help. So thanks to Hugo Lowell and thanks to The Guardian. All right, we'll be right back with the director of Renew U.S. and the work they're doing to secure democracy. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, let's talk about something I use literally every morning. I started taking Athletic Greens AG1 because I wanted an optimized immune system and a supplement that actually tastes good. Plus, I wanted to get rid of the 50 different bottles of things I had in my cabinet and on top of my refrigerator, taking up space, time, and money. With one delicious scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens, you get 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, which is awesome, no GMOs, of course, and no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it tastes fantastic. That's why I take it with me even when I travel. It's just that good. And we want to thank Athletic Greens for their support. We're offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just head to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. And in 2020, Athletic Greens purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old-growth rainforests. So they're also awesome in the earth front. So you can be healthy and help the planet at the same time. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, It's just the one scoop in a cup of water every day. Such an easy habit to pick up. No need for those million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And again, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D plus five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just head to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Everybody, welcome back. I am honored today to be speaking to community organizer and executive director of Renew US, Dalada Hasha. Dalada, welcome to The Daily Beans. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm well. How are you? I am great. I'm so excited to talk to you today because one of the things we always talk about on The Daily Beans Mm -hmm. is how important it is to be involved in government, yeah. all the way down from top to bottom, down to the local level, because that's where the rubber meets the road. Can you talk a little bit yeah. about Renew U.S. and what your mission and vision is with this organization? Yeah. So Renew U.S. is really about building that local and state power that you were just talking about, because we as organizers, especially the co-founders of Renew U.S., really understood that power flows upwards and paid attention to the gaps that were needed to, that needed to be filled in order for us to truly truly gain power at the local and state level and so renew is about filling in those gaps um, to make sure that we are building power and to make sure that the left are uh, reclaiming the power to, to be able to do the things that 
we need done to fulfill the basic needs of, of our communities. And I'm so amazed by the reach that Renew US has been able to to maintain, to obtain and maintain. You've, you're training 500 campaign managers. You focus on BIPOC recruitment to run yes. to run state and local campaigns. You're fueling the movement with strategic funding, which is so important, infrastructure and people and power. And I want to talk a little bit about your training for you know people to run state and local campaigns, but also the pledge that all candidates take for the policy platform for running with with Renew US? Yeah. So as I mentioned before, Renew is about identifying the gaps, right? And then filling in those gaps. And campaign manager training program is exactly about that. We noticed that campaigns, progressive campaigns, candidates don't have the staff that they need to win the campaigns, right? And that's, it's about filling that gap, but also creating a pipeline. So our program has trained, oh, we're almost at 500, actually. We're still in the process of training and concluding the training for this year, but training 500 campaign managers across the country focused on BIPOC community members because they were they were underrepresented in, in, you know, in campaigns. And what that means is that they will also be underrepresented in our government, right? Because usually campaign managers there's a pipeline. You become campaign staffers and then you get the courage that you need to run for office, right? So if, if our people are being left out, that also means we're being underrepresented in our government. And we're trying to fill that gap by training and equipping uh, folks from our community with the skills to run those campaigns and then eventually run for for uh, local and state offices and co-govern with us. And I think what I love the most about this is it's kind of like give a man a fish, teach a man to fish, because Mm -hmm. a lot of organizations focus on just training the candidates on how to run. So if you're training campaign managers, especially with a focus on BIPOC progressive campaign managers, they go on to manage future campaigns and train others to manage campaigns. And that exponentially increases the growth of brilliant, amazing candidates that can spring up in our local and county and state governments that are so very important, especially coming up with, you know, up on the Supreme Court decision that's going to come out on Moore v. Harper, which throws the the determination of what slate of candidates to put forward to our state legislatures. It's so important that we get the power back there. So yeah. I'm so thankful that you're you're training the trainers, not just the candidates. And that's so, exactly. so, so important. So let's talk about the pledge. We have uh, climate justice, social justice, and economic justice. Under each of those topics, there are uh, several different pledges that you take. Why did you choose these three, economic, social, and uh, climate justice. And I want to uh, start with climate justice because what we're seeing in places like Jackson, Mississippi, what we're seeing yeah. uh, with environmental racism and how it, it negatively and you know disproportionately impacts marginalized communities. Yeah. And what are you doing to train your campaign managers to help focus on the the reality behind those things and why it's so important to have BIPOC progressive candidates tackle these issues? Yeah. So what we have seen, especially as longtime organizers, is that usually we have candidates who focus on one crisis, right, but neglect other crises. And we can't separate the issues. 
it's all in- interconnected. And, you know, we can't fight for the liberation of one and not the other. And that is why we have, you know, climate justice, social justice, economic justice, because reality is we can't talk about climate justice in a community where folks are are struggling to feed themselves. You can't focus. How are we going to talk about, you know, saving the planet when you don't know where your food is going to come the next hour? If you have children that needs to go to school, but they're not in a safe environment to be able to, to go to school or they're being, you know, attacked for being a member of the LGBTQ right community. So it's just like you, you, we can't talk about one issue and ignore the others. They're all interconnected. And we just want to make sure that our candidates, our endorsed candidates understand that and know that the issues need to be uplifted and they need to be dealt with and not ignored or pretend that you're about justice because you care about climate. But, you know, let's dismiss racial justice or, you know, it's like you can't do one without the other. No, that interconnectedness is so important. I think uh, it might have been Elizabeth Warren who brought it up on a presidential debate stage. She's like, why when we talk about justice, do we only talk about criminal justice when it comes to marginalized communities? Why do we leave out climate justice? Why do we leave out, you know, economic justice, social justice, these things that are supposed to be guaranteed and protected by 14th Amendment that have somehow, not somehow, I know how, but, you know, over <laughs> over the past couple of centuries, this Supreme Court has just been trying to pick apart and remove and, and exclude when it should be a it should be a, a culture of, of yes and inclusion. And I always I love that you don't separate those out. And every time I talk to a candidate, we always talk about how climate impacts jobs, impacts economy, mm-hmm. impacts criminal justice, impacts social justice. And so I love that this pledge that the candidates take with Renew U.S., has all of those things interconnected. Before I let you go, I would like to talk a little bit about how folks can get involved locally, how they can support Renew US, what folks running for the first time, how they can find you and follow you for this information. Yeah, so um, we have a website, renewus.org. Yes, renewus.org. We have been in the process of rebranding so we've been in the process of building new websites and all that. But folks can definitely visit RenewUS.org. They can also, you know, w- follow us on Twitter, Facebook. You know, I can leave my information as well, which is just my first name, D-A-L-I-D-A at RenewNewEngland.org. And folks can just uh, follow us on social media and just contact us on our website or uh, email me directly and join the movement. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's renewus.org. I appreciate your time. We have been speaking with the executive director, an amazing community organizer, Dala Dahasha. Thank you so much. Thank you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG. I've had my Helix mattress for a while now. It's my favorite thing ever. I love sleep. Sleep is so important for your health, physical and mental. And I wasn't getting good sleep before, and it was because I was sleeping on a mattress made for someone else. But Helix Sleep has a fantastic lineup of 14 unique mattresses, including a collection of luxury models. They have one for big and tall sleepers and even a mattress made just for kids. And you can find out which one is perfect for you by taking their two-minute online sleep quiz at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. They'll ship it right to your door, free of charge. You get 100 nights to try it out, risk-free. If you decide it's not the best fit for you and the way that you sleep, you can return it for a full refund. They'll even come and pick it up. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combo 
of comfort and support. Plus, Helix mattresses are American-made, and they come with a 10- or 15-year warranty, depending on the model. Uh, I took the Helix sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I'm a side sleeper. I prefer a medium-firm mattress, and it's the best mattress I've ever owned. I get the best night's sleep of my life on this thing. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders, plus two free pillows for listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, corrections, confessions, pet photos, adoptable pets in your area, a small business you're running that needs a shout out, you want to give a shout out to somebody you love in your life that's just totally amazing. Halloween photos. Did I say that already? It's because I really like them. (laughs) A lot. We like them a lot. Seriously, all the time, every day. Uh, Send them in to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Again, the shirts that you ordered with all the crimes listed on them. They all sent Smalls out, and you're killing me, Smalls? No, I'm kidding. We're going to replace those for you. We're proactively doing it, and we're sorry about that. You will now just get some free small shirts. We're correcting that error. Plus, all proceeds go to help midterms, help the Democrats win in the midterms at the How We Win Fund. That's howwewin.com. All right, first up from Brandon, pronouns he and him. Crimes, crimes, and crimes, cuteness. This is my boy, Obi Oberon, and he is a yellow lab. I just wanted to show off my good boy wearing his miss-sized shirt. Oh, the baby. <laughs> Look at all those crimes on that little dog. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so cute. Oh, what a beautiful little lab. Oh, and look at the, get the daily beans on the front. Oh, my God. What a good dog. What a good boy. Sweet baby boy. All right. There's another short one. You want to grab that or should I do the next two? Sure. It's from Dana S. It just says, my replacement shirt has arrived. I haven't worn it yet. It immediately got cat hair on it. (laughs) There's just a picture of the cat sitting on the shirt because that's what cats do. He's helping. He's just helping you guard your shirt. That's all it is. Indeed. All right. This is from Peggy. No pronouns given. OMD. A phrase from my submission became the episode title. I'm so excited. What an honor. Note the Canadian you in honor. Thanks again for being there for all of us. Here's baby Kenna with her uh, Canadian beaver. The usual number of oddities and injustices. Oh, look at the little dog. So sweet. Do you want to grab the next one too? That was pretty short. Yeah, you got it. And I think you'll close this out. This is from Donna, pronouns she and her. I'm a 60-year-old from Dundee in Scotland. Having recently discovered your wonderful podcast, I'm now listening to MSW from the beginning. I've just reached the start of the impeachment, and I'm enthralled. I'd never been interested in U.S. politics until Trump, with a lot of (laughs) hashtags in there, came along. I could not believe this idiot, Scots for idiot, oh, idiot, got it, he's an idiot, was the POTUS. This was before my country had Randy Bag of Laundry Boris Johnson foisted on (laughs) Randy bag of laundry. <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. I would just like to point out that Liz Truss was elected by 0.03% of the electorate. And also Scotland has not voted for Tory government ever. And also voted overwhelmingly to remain in the EU. Mm. We held an independence referendum in 2014, which we narrowly lost, mostly due to promises from the English government that we would remain in the EU. 
Nicholas Sturgeon has a clear mandate to hold another referendum as circumstances have significantly changed. Yes. We have also been told that we would be welcomed back to the EU as an independent country, but the Westminster government will not allow it. Maggie Thatcher, Tribute Act Trust. Oh, Ma- Margaret Thatcher, Tribute Act Trust. Yeah, Got I it. get it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Like the wish version of, of Margaret Thatcher. That's hilarious. Uh, has already stated no, no, no when asked about it and also incredibly rude about our first minister calling her an attention seeker who should be ignored. Nicholas Sturgeon is an excellent first minister who is down to earth and honest. Scotland is the only country in the UK where further education is free as are prescriptions. Personal care at home for over 65s is also free. This is achieved with a budget set by Westminster, which is less than Scotland puts into the pot. Sorry for the ranting, but it makes me so angry that my beautiful country is at the mercy of a bunch of fucking morons. (laughs) Love the show. Keep up the good work. Pet tax is my two sprocker pups, Rafa and Kaya, named after my favorite tennis player and the thing I enjoy smoking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also my labrador louis armstrong oh my god louis these armstrong look at these okay. fucking puppies okay look at drop these. everything look at drop these, everything look at these goddamn puppies oh uh, that's on un, that's uncalled for it is uncalled for but it's beautiful the cuteness is it's uh it's overwhelming it really is donna but thank you thank you for that that's interesting. You're listening to Mueller. She wrote from the beginning and you're up to the impeachment. It's 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 really weird to listen back on it. And you're like, oh, that w- when treason was just so much simpler. But thank you for sending that in. And thanks for listening to the old episodes. Eric, next up, pronouns he and him. Hi, A.G. D.G. P.S. That's for Pete Struck. Just wanted to share our 60 pound, five month old pup, Rooney. We got him after our almost 14 year old pup died in April. My wife was doom scrolling on the internet and found him and sent me his picture. I said, do it. It was so empty in our house. I got his brother from our animal control officer when I was in law enforcement when he was six weeks old. We named Rooney because of these epic eyebrows. He's full of energy and keeps us busy for sure, but he's a quick learner. Just wanted to share our little Muppet with you. His birth name was Iron Man, but that wasn't going to happen. (laughs) The son of the family we got him from said he doesn't look like a Rooney, so we changed his middle name to Stark. For Tony Stark, for him. Nice. <laughs> While he's not adopted, he filled that gap for us. Look at, this. Look at how happy the baby is. <laughs> oh, that's a smiley dog. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it looks like a what the mutt because there's stars. Is this a... Oh, I would looks say... Uh, Bernie's Mountain Dog for sure. And a... Bernie's Mountain Dog for sure. It looks like a schnauzer snout, but maybe... It looks like a Bernadoodle is what it looks like. You just made that up, or you looked? No, I'm no, just that's kidding. a thing. I know. No, my neighbor two 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 doors up has one. That's the only reason. Oh my I god, I want f- one of these because they're adorable. Oh, little muppet. Yep, Bernadoodle. Nice. So 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 handsome. That looks like a lot of brushing, though. You're going to be brushing. Oh my god, so so sweet. Oh, uh, I got one more. This yeah, is from Rhonda. Pronouns she and her guys. Oh. I drive past a house on the way to my grandkids, and every single time I flip off all six of their stupid MAGA flags, the big obnoxious kind, you know what I'm about to say, they are gone. Oh, in Indiana. This isn't getting good news. I don't know what is. My pet tax is rocky. She doesn't love a bull math 
Who doesn't, why can't I speak? Who doesn't love a bull massive? Rocky, wrapped in Christmas lights, or posing in front of flowers. Who wouldn't love that? Oh, my God. Bull mastiffs are fucking huge, too. Look at that hooch. Oh, Rhonda, thank you for that. And I love that the flags are gone. That's so cool. Yeah, I've been reading a lot. Maybe they had enough. Maybe they, or they're like, oh, my God, this is fucking embarrassing. I've been, yeah, I've been reading about a lot of people taking down their Trump flags or people in neighborhoods where Trump flags are coming down. Um but look at the Christmas. This looks like a, the first one looks like a shot from a movie, doesn't it? Oh my God. It sure does. Dog tangled in Christmas lights, like burp, burp. And then Rocky with the flowers. So beautiful. Gotta love a bull mastiff. Uh, thank you so much for all of your submissions. We really appreciate it. Uh, tomorrow's Friday, Dana. My goodness. Oh my goodness. It's true. Where has the week gone? Oh no. It has gone down a news hole. That's for sure. We've had so <laughs> much breaking news this week. It's, it's shit news hole. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lot. So I hope everybody's doing okay. I hope you're taking care of yourselves. Do you have any final final thoughts? I do. I do. If you haven't seen them, go Google the official portraits of Barack and Michelle Obama that are being put up in the White House because they're gorgeous. And holy shit, it brought out the racists and Russian bots and transphobic assholes. And my God, but they are stunning. So don't read the comments, but go look at the portraits. I saw that. I watched this whole ceremony today. It was just such a nice thing to see. The way he speaks about her. I feel like he would rock that segment. We were going to start of like doting over your spouse, you know, that was started. Barack Obama would just blow that segment out of the water the way he loves that woman. Ugh, it is goals. That's relationship goals right there. Yeah. And she's fine. (laughs) I mean... She sure She's like, is. thanks for the colorful remarks, Barack. Uh, wait, what did she say? Fiery, feisty? She called it something. It was amazing. But her speech really had me riveted, talking about the importance of the peaceful transfer of power and democracy and family and where that all fits in. It was just absolutely incredible. I, 100%. I really... 100%. I, I can't, like, they... I can't get enough of hearing either of them speak. Yeah. Um, and beautiful, beautiful things. So Google it. It'll, it's, it'll make your day. Yeah, his portrait. Absolutely incredible. Looks Handsome. like a photograph. Oh, Hers, it does look like a photograph. I'm so glad she went with sleeveless oh, just to I piss know. off the fucking haters, you know? That's oh. Someone said the only thing that would be better is if Barack wore a tan suit for the portrait. <laughs> and he joked about it, too. Yep. <laughs> with the, he was like, with my artist, I had to talk him. He talked me out of wearing a tan suit. Everybody went up in laughter. Oh, so, so good. Funny. So good. Yes, sense of humor is important, hence the beans. Thank you so much for that final thought. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, final day of this week. We'll see what the news dump is. We could get more affidavit. We could get some filing. I know that the DOJ has to respond with a list of special masters they're interested in. We still don't know if they're going to appeal this or just ask for clarification or appeal part of it or say fuck it all and indict them in D.C. and... forget about whatever's going on in florida oh, God, i don't know beautiful that that's my preference but i don't know if that's pretty that's pretty uh mm, it seems like a bit much yeah it's a long for this particular department of justice but anyway thank you so much for listening we'll be back tomorrow until then please take care of yourself take care of each other take care of the planet take care of your mental health vote blue over q i've been ag and i've been dg and them's the beans The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. 
For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.